Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast with Mira Manga. Hello and welcome again to the Girls on Tour podcast, the podcast that interviews inspirational and excellent women all about their adventures in transit. We met long ago in the midst of history and since then my chum Ada Zanderton has become an award-winning fashion designer, creating clothes for warrior goddesses and traveling internationally with her creations. I'm afraid this one is a bit sweary, that's my bad, I got overexcited, but it also contains some of the best travel tips and indeed life tips that I have ever featured on the Girls on Tour podcast. She did very well. So sit back and enjoy her sparkle and I will catch you after. So we are here together in Ada Zanderton's studio. I've got the name right. Fabulous. I love it. (laughs) And it's just full of beautiful, colourful, tiny works of art dotted around all over the place. It totally That's feels... a really complimentary description. Well, it totally feels like your energy is just jumping out of boxes and on rails here. Yeah. Which is very exciting. So obviously I met you millions of eons ago. Yeah. And my first question to you is, why fashion? <laughs> Inhales deeply. Um, that is such a difficult question because although it seems like a really obvious thing to ask me, I don't know if I like the word fashion anymore so I don't even know if I think about what I do as being fashion. (laughs) Well that's really interesting. Let's go into that a little bit more deeply. So have you always been about the clothes or the way people look or the style or? Originally when I was five. (laughs) Oh maybe. (laughs) Five five and six years old. It started then. So it started with my mother leaving me next to the magazines in Budgeons in Crouch End. Oh my God. And me picking up a copy of Vogue magazine and deciding that we couldn't leave Budgeons without it. And (laughs) if that required having a temper tantrum (laughs) and lying on the floor and screaming until... You I could acquire Vogue. this Vogue magazine, then that would be what would happen. And waking up on Saturday mornings or whenever it was on to like watch the clothes show. Oh, bless you! And yes. be and like loving Karen Franklin. And yes, and Jeff like, Banks. Yeah, and all of those oh. amazing people, and watching them, you know, go backstage at John Galliano's early shows in Paris, and like kind of just seeing all of that made me want to do fashion. And then as I've got older and carried on and wiser. being in the industry, <laughs> I kind of think of what I do now as more of like wearable bits of sculpture oh. in the way that I think about designing them. And then I think I'm less interested in the wide mainstream area of fashion, which is all trend driven. I just mm. am yeah. so much more interested in sort of the kind of avant-garde, fetish-inspired fashion scene, which is all about women wearing things that are quite outrageous, mm. but aren't for a male viewer. They're to wear for themselves to feel more confident and fabulous and like just are about enjoying your own body rather than it being in the context of fetish wear that's about the male gaze. Oh, yeah. It sounds to me like your perspective is coming from a, like a creative artistic place. Yeah. That then translate onto a person or an individual. Yeah. Rather than, you know, I want them to sachet and look like this and this is so in, in, on I trend. mean, I, I think originally as a child who set my sights on fashion, of course it was that. But then as you kind of get into the industry and you start doing it, I just realized that I totally fell out of love with all of that way of thinking and was much more interested in 
creating really innovative, beautiful things that like, for me, the result is when someone puts a piece on and they don't say, oh my God, I love the piece. They literally look in the mirror, look so shocked and then go, oh my God, I look amazing. (laughs) And like, it's something I hear over and over again when people put on the body harnesses or headpieces that I make now Mm. is hearing people just feel so empowered and feel so strong and fantastic and regal and goddess-like and I kind of am just much more interested in how to make that reaction now than I am in making ready-to-wear or in wholesaling clothing or any of that side of it. And it seems to be you through and through because you just are so comfortable in this world. Yeah, it's a much more, it's a world I I really like a lot. And I I really love the kind of fetish scene in London because Mm. it's so much more accepting than the mainstream fashion is so judgmental. And so, yeah, I also think those clubs are where kind of very kind of out there inspirational creativity happens. Yeah. So if you go to any kind of number of West End clubs, it's very, very the same but then yes. people get so dressed up and, you know... And self-expression. Yeah. And I think they're wonderful, like, parties and places like Torture Garden, for example. It, it's not necessarily about sex. I think it's more about being able to express yourself and being able to explore and have fun and enjoy being different to how you have to look every day. Yeah. I, I so love that you started your journey, like yeah. loving that kind of side of it and seeing it on TV. And now you found yourself in these places and your pieces really are gorgeous because you kind of stop and look at them. Because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like how is that created? How is it holding its shape? Yeah. It's just, and I love the way that you use the word goddesses. Yeah. Because there certainly is this kind of magical kind of ethereal quality about some of the things. And talking of goddesses, yeah. let's go on to muses. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so do you have muses? Who inspires you? Um, and this is kind of connected to the, my next question, which would be, who would you love to dress? But I guess the question should be, who would inspire you to dress them or create something that would reflect their own personality, maybe? Everyone can be inspiring. I just want to start with that, because I feel like whenever one has to answer this question, yeah. it can... It discounts everybody else. Yeah, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. but um, And I think everyone can be inspiring. And what's great, because I do a lot of pieces that are made to order and made to measure, mm-hmm. is that whether, you know, because I've made um, pieces that Daphne Guinness has worn in her videos and then you know, so many different incredible people. Like I always wanted to dress uh, someone like Daphne because she's such an icon of fashion, but she's also such an icon of self-expression and being such a bold, amazingly like strong individual. Yeah. Sounds like someone I'm sitting opposite. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, it was like really a dream come true to have my pieces used in her video. I think she's amazing. I really love characters who are just very strong and Mm. complex women, like multifaceted women, people who are really fearless and bold. I'm just really attracted to that kind of person. Yeah, there's just so, I'm so bad at like, I always feel like I know the answer to this question. And then when it comes to answering it, well, it's kind of... It's always so difficult. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult question as well, because I'm asking you now at yeah. the moment in time, but you've been working in this industry... For so long. I mean, another person who... who another amazing uh, woman who I've dressed recently um, is Kate Nash. 
Yeah. Uh, the singer Kate Nash, wow. who's also in the uh, series um, Netflix Glow mm. as well. And I, th- I love Kate. I think she's like, she's always been an incredible singer songwriter. I yeah. absolutely like love her music, but um, I've, I just love the way she is always doing like such um she's always so strong about being a feminist as well yeah. as like being sexy or being on stage or whatever she or being a poet or you know she's just but like I love the way there's a lot of there's a lot going on but she has a really clear and like mm. strong identity and I'm really drawn to people like that I think would we would you describe your clothing as coming under a feminist label yeah, I mean, of course it does. Like, but I then at the it, same yeah. time, I feel like there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of feminists who might be like, how can something that's coming from the fetish world yeah. be feminist? Well, I think you explained that. I think it's, it's not a about, valid question. Yeah, but as it's, well. it's not about the male gaze. It's about no. a woman wanting to display like however she wants to display. Exactly. So, but that's the side of feminism that I'm, Grey area. Down with. <laughs> I'm going to say down with. That's, yeah. that's where I think I... Um, that's my perspective as a feminist as well. Yeah. Because I have to say, like, my, you know, my mother has written, like, feminist poetry. And I sort of grew up thinking, like, seeing a lot of feminists from the sort of 60s mm. generation. The ones who really had to fight. The ones who really had to bend their bras, yeah. like those ones. <laughs> and I just felt like, thank you so much for all of the groundwork that you've laid yeah. for our generations. But actually, I really do want the ridiculous nails, the high heels and the glitter and yeah. all of that. Like, we just want the best of everything yeah. and not to be judged for it. Exactly. You know, or sexually assaulted, or... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a rough time of yeah. what a shitty year it's been for, like... Yeah. yeah, but I kind of feel like that's why it's even more important than ever to just be like, this is what I do, this is my aesthetic, and, and I feel like this empowers women because they want to, to wear it. You know, for the woman who wants to be that warrior goddess, like, mm. that's who I'm making those things pieces for i love that and if you don't want that and you prefer to like wear be draped from head to toe in another material then that's cool like (laughs) that's fine that's fine Um, and where where do you sit on gaga because uh this is weird because i was watching a i love her i was watching a documentary that she did and there were moments where I was like, this is fucking Ada. And it's really weird. Well, it's funny you should say that, but we'll have to just wait a bit longer before oh. I'm really going to talk about it. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness me. Jeebus crackers. But I mean, in, in that. I may or may not. I don't really want to talk about it we because don't have basically, to talk about it. there was some connection there this year. But it won't be until next year that anything can be revealed. So, so next question. <laughs> I'm like, la, 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 let's okay. not jinx anything. Okay, and we yeah. can cut out whatever Some things were made. Out. Some things Whoa. were made. It's well, very cool. Um, I'm just sort of like in the process of waiting to see if that materialises into the universe or not. Oh, my God. Well, what a fucking But suit. I do love her. I love her. Well, I, I just thought it was really very interesting. I think she's an incredible artist. I, I know nothing about her. I like her songs. I've never really dipped in, but I was watching her movie and there were moments where she was trying to explain her aesthetic or how important it was that things were done a certain way. Yeah. And I just had flashbacks oh, to yeah. conversations that I'd had with you. And it was that same kind of determination mm. and 
it wasn't as such as she'd been massively influenced. It was like, I know what I want and I know how I want it to look. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So I thought that was really interesting. I definitely identify with that. Yeah. And, um, and I she's think, a fucking strong woman as well. She is. We swear a lot on your podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I was like trying really not hard not to swear. I'm going to cut like, it out. fucking this and fucking that. I'll cut it out because Charlie, my ex-editor, always sends me an email. So I'll cut, I'll cut out all that. But no, I absolutely, um, no, I absolutely identify with that. I think that's what is difficult about, um, fashion is that a lot of, like in, there's a lot of sacrifice made for if you're a fine artist you you may not i don't think you sacrifice as much to the commercial reality of it yeah yeah because yeah. it's art whereas i think in fashion there's so much that you have to kind of sacrifice like when you're doing ready to wear collections you produce the sample and then a buyer comes along and says, oh, I love that, but it's too expensive. So take off those pockets and t- do this and do that oh. so that we can actually afford to sell it in a store. And and then by the time it's in the store, you're like, That's not this my looks vision. nothing like my vision. So oh. I kind of um, decided I really wanted to ruthlessly pursue my vision, even if that meant going back to the drawing board in 2014 and launching a couture label as That's opposed a, to a doing ready move. to wear. It was a bold move. And, um, no regrets. No regrets at all. Because yeah. when I finished my first body harness, the world princess harness, which you can see on my site, I looked at it on the mannequin and I, I had that epiphany moment of, Oh my God, I literally know why I was born now. This oh. is brilliant. Like, you know, wow. like waiting for that feeling of, I know why I'm here because, you know, I'd been doing ready to wear for a long time and mm. I just hadn't had one of those feelings for like the longest time. And I just thought, wow, this is what makes it all worth it. This is the product that you can sort of evolve and is a, is a real signature and is something you can carry on loving and developing the, the rest of it. Like, you oh, know, wow. if this is all I do from now till I die, I'm good. Like, I'm happy. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> sharing that moment. Yeah. What an epiphany. Yeah, it was a good one. And then, yeah. and then just realizing that that could translate into so many other products, whether it was like headpieces or cuffs or... Mm you know so many things it was just realizing that you know eventually like I want to involve it into like bags and fine jewelry and other products so kind of like discovering that thing that's the real center of my universe was brilliant it was worth it it was worth kind of starting all over again to do to find that moment well that was your catalyst yeah so brave so on this journey Obviously, there's a lot of risk taking. Yeah. It's putting your own creativity and your own soul on the line. Mm-hmm. So have you had mentors or guardians in the industry who kind of helped or guided you or people you've looked up to? So many. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So many. Um, though I always think that it's really difficult because, you know, you can have so much great advice, but ultimately you really have to listen to your gut more than anything else mm. that said some really brilliant people like having watched Karen Franklin on TV yeah. when I was younger <laughs> and then you know I remember when I was doing like London Fashion Week I actually met her wow. and just like meeting her and her just sort of being so encouraging and lovely and it was like the first time I ever had like a tiny booth in the London Fashion Week exhibition and just sort of meeting Karen it was like meeting one of my heroes I was just 
overwhelmed. It was just like, <laughs> I'm listening to you, but I'm also picking up my jaw off the ground. Continue talking. She's someone who I feel has always given me really solid advice that wasn't about, oh, well, here's what will make you the most money. It's mm-hmm. always been really about this is who you are keep pursuing that and keep expressing yourself and I hold her in really high regard I think she's done you know Mm -hmm. she's an amazing champion for diversity and then when she went to get her MB she was wearing a coat that I'd made her which was just like such a rewarding moment such a full circle (laughs) rewarding moment it was so (laughs) overwhelming I loved that um uh Biakaland who is the grand high priestess of the residency the showroom uh, where my uh, garments are in los angeles mm. um yeah again like she's such an incredible icon the styling that she does is so iconic mm. and as well as just her advice like when i was in los angeles earlier this year for a press day at the residency at the showroom and we only had a really short time together while she was arranging everything in the showroom but she was just she's so incredibly direct and encouraging and great at like you know this is what's working for you Mm. this is what's working for you because it's who you really are this is what you need to keep pursuing and like give me more of it you need those people who aren't just telling you what will sell the best you need those people who are telling you what's true to you and who are like focused really on the vision behind things not just the commerciality Mm. because if you get it right the commerciality is there because you make something that people want but what I think so many mentors in the fashion world do is they dilute a designer's vision Mm. and tell them the fastest way they think for that designer to make the money and I think the real mentors are the ones who help you stay on track with who you really are and I think those are the people who I look up to the most oh I'm so glad you have them so you have this mentor family yeah (laughs) there's you know there's many you know there's many other great people in my life I mean also my friend Malachi who's amazing like uh label House of Malachi Mm. he does the most incredible headpieces I mean he's just also such a wonderful mentor as well and friend I really yeah Yeah. that's another person who really helped me when I was sort of starting in my Mm. couture label that makes me happy because I hate to think of you just sat at a sewing machine alone, like, what will I do? Yeah. But, um, and also, do you have mentees? I know you have interns quite often, so they get the opportunity to kind of come and experience like what it's like to be... I mean, I'm not going to speak on behalf of any of my interns. So yeah, I have interns who are doing the internship as part of their course, come and mm. help with creating the pieces. But I mean, I hope so. I certainly feel like that from my own experience in the past of being an intern. I only ever really want one or two interns. I don't really want to have a lot of people in the studio because I really want the people who are here with me helping, you know, get everything done. I really want them to get really good hands-on experience Mm. at, like, making and... Not just answering emails. Yes, exactly. I don't, you know, that's like... I mean, I'd, you know, I do that myself. <laughs> Being a mentor myself, I think, I don't know if you need to think of yourself as a mentor. I think if you just try to encourage whoever is around you. Yeah. 
Foster from your own ex- yeah. yeah foster creativity in a good environment if that's helping someone else in a mentoring kind of way then that's that's a good thing yeah absolutely most of your stuff is for girls girls on tour for girls getting yes. girls in there um, <laughs> like how do you feel like men versus women de- or designing for those your heart- I don't ever think about that because I mean I don't know why I think this but <laughs> I mean I think there's a goddess in anyone regardless of um, amen, their gender <laughs> everybody has a goddess not a god there's no. a goddess in everyone honey that's what I think genuinely I'll take that answer yeah to the that's yeah that's my answer to that question there's a goddess in everyone mm. and also like I mean I have done lately a sort of more slightly more oriented towards um men's collection i was looking actually at images from like the Folsom street fair in san Mm. francisco and i was like i just love i love all this sort of gladiator bear vibes going on here (laughs) so i did a little collection inspired by that and i labeled it men's but really i think all of the pieces can be worn by men or women yeah and i use boys in my girl collection lookbooks and vice versa so yeah I mean, I use the term goddesses, but like, I really just feel like gender is completely fluid. And Mm. most of the younger audience that my stuff speaks to, and even the older audience, I think most of the people who my stuff speaks to are quite like of that mindset. Yeah, I would agree. I think you're, you're all good. What a terrible job having to pick models for your shows. Um, Oh, so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it must be a nightmare. Um, so this is a girls on tour podcast yes absolutely occasionally not very often but you'll be like oh darling i'm here and send me a picture from somewhere far away oh yeah i do a lot i've actually do a lot of traveling yeah i mean do you show at like international fashion weeks and things i I have done in the past so i've been i've done shows in china um in hangzhou i've done shows in uh colombo in sri lanka would you... The British Council took me to Sri Lanka. It was incredible. I can't. Um, I can't imagine. I've done Zagreb Fashion Week like <laughs> Zagreb three have a times. Week? <laughs> Zagreb have a fabulous Fashion Week. Yeah. Oh, wow. But... And I've done that three times. Three times. Yeah. And I did a lot of showrooms in Paris. And now the showroom is obviously in Los Angeles. Mm. So I was there for like a month this year. Yeah, I do travel a lot. And plus, I'm half American, so I go back yeah. to see my family in the summer. So Every, yeah, I can't, I mean, I, it's enough hassle for me to get my shit together to go on holiday for yeah. a week by myself. How the hell, could you walk us through how you would prep like a show I'm, and then take it abroad? Like, how does this happen? It's, how do you do it? <laughs> it's totally doable. You'd be amazed what you can fit in the actual luggage allowance. Oh, really? It's quite incredible. <laughs> Don't tell me you pack your show in a suitcase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I totally do. And, um... Yeah, I mean, I've I've done shows and when I went to Sri Lanka, I had to take all the stuff I needed for a week and to do a workshop plus whatever I was going to show on the catwalk. Oh my god. Um <laughs> that was quite good at that time because the whole collection was silk garments, so it was really light and really yeah. easy to fold up <laughs> and stick in the suitcase. But um when you were trying to shuffle through customs with a few thousand corsets and fine. harnesses. No, and- I mean, honestly, the best thing to do, always get the suitcase that is the absolute biggest size that the, the allowance will 
is allowed. Yeah. Always get the maximum size possible. And don't spend money on those hard shell suitcases, in my okay. personal opinion. Because the fabric suitcases, because the edges are thinner. Uh, yeah. You ah, can get more boring. in them. <laughs> I see. I'm an expert on every millimeter. Every millimeter counts. And also roll roll things. You'd be amazed how much more you can fit in when you roll things. Yes. Rather than just flat folding, which we flat folding seems logical, but rolling as well Mm. can be so effective. These are great. great I mean, because when in the past I've done showrooms in Paris, you would have to take the whole collection, Mm. hangers. Um, I've got on the Eurostar before with like bits of mannequin like sticking out my backpack. <laughs> it's like hilarious, you know, like a leg just sticking yeah. up behind your head as you're like boarding the Eurostar wow. and, and, then- and like have to like get, get literally everything in. And then the other thing I think I've got down is how to travel with makeup because that is always so difficult. And sometimes they see people at the airport and their makeup bag is enormous yeah. and they can't fit it all in. And I just think that like you have to work out how to do your face with the maximum you in there, but mm. with the fewest number of products possible. Okay. And yeah. you just have to really yeah. let it down to a science. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take your whole dressing table. You cannot okay. take your whole dressing table. And if you're <laughs> attempting to do that, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You need to work out what are the things that are most valuable to me. Even though you're a designer and not a model, you do in the age of Instagram and all the rest of it have to have this sort of signature look that people yes. think of when they think of you. Yeah. For me, that was really about, okay, I really want to look made up, but I also want to look quite natural. Mm. So for me, that was like, okay, what's the best foundation for my skin that works the best, that requires the least anything extra? And, you know, for me, that's Estee Lauder, double wear. It's a I swear by it. My best friend Charlotte will go nuts for you saying this. She loves that foundation. It is the best. Like, I swear by it. I remember once I was in Paris at a trade show and I was doing my makeup in the bathroom before going to the booth in the morning. And I started putting on my double wear and the woman next to me just gasped. And I and was I was like, are you okay? She was like, Where what is that? What is that foundation? It's incredible. It's like you just airbrushed your face. And I'm like, all right, I didn't look that bad before. <laughs> Thanks. I was just like, You're welcome. I was like, it's Estee Lauder, it's amazing. But um So yeah, know your face, know your look. Know your face, know your look, and know the products that are the least number of products mm. that can give you the face you feel comfortable in. Yeah. And then and get all the versions of that which fit in the plastic bag. Okay. I'm a fairly terrified person when it comes to traveling. I'm such a big coward. Wow. I'm, I'm getting Why? over it. Because <laughs> I just like to be looked after. I'm a princess, really. Okay. So when you have to go representing your business and your yeah. clothes, like there's also the anxiety of I've got to show my my heart's creations. Yeah. And then you've got to go there and you're a one woman band. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. But you have to then represent yourself and you have to yeah. go and sort out your stand and like Or all of the you know everything. All, yeah. All your of contacts. Things. You have to have meetings. Yeah. So what gives you the drive or energy? Are you scared ever? No, I love showing off. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, what can I possibly advise? Oh. I do lo- I love it like when I was in LA for a month this year and it was yeah. well it was great because obviously at the residency the show um you know the press day was all taken care of by them and I just had to sort of show up and mm. talk to people but I think when you're an entrepreneur whether you're shy or not yeah because I'm sure I was shy when I was younger but I think you pretty much get over it because you love your what you've made 
so much and you just want to share it with people. Yeah. And so I think that whatever shyness is there, you just sort of overcome it through sheer wanting to like, it's like being an evangelical Christian. Like you just want to spread the good news. <laughs> Great comparison. I mean? I, it yeah, is a bit like I, that. I'm hearing... You just sort of wake up and like the voice is there. Like you want to just go out and tell everyone about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hallelujah. But yeah, but really. <laughs> I feel like um, you're kind of describing when your passion is burning so much. Yeah that like rocket fuels you through it yeah it does and like I mean not that I advise this but you know (laughs) like a small glass of champagne or a little glass of red wine a little livener not too much you don't want to be drunk and a little (laughs) a little bit of uh, that can be very helpful thing when you're like meeting new people yeah well it's also social if everyone is holding drinks but don't drink and fly because that's a mistake yeah you never want to arrive feeling like, like shit. crap yeah. yeah oh well thank you there are some fantastic that's, that's my top tip they're some of the best <laughs> tips i've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> <Not sure. laughs> okay so i'm gonna go to a serious question because we yeah. are both feminists yes and one of the things i want to thank you for publicly is oh my god when i was having a really hard time emotionally right. we break up you immediately reached out and were like come to this you introduced me to all your friends you didn't guard any of them you open What's them up the point to me. in guarding people? Well, you'd, you'd be surprised. But I mean, I know some people who work in, um, you know, circles of expertise, I'm going to say, because you yeah. have loads of talented people there. And those are their contact lists. Yeah. And it does happen. It sucks, but it happens. But you were just so loving and you put time aside to kind of encourage me and share your experiences. And I really love that we have that relationship. You know, I hadn't seen you for years and you were there yeah. for me. In my perception of fashion and clothing as being quite a bitchy industry or it can be perceived as such yeah how do you encourage that sisterhood how do you keep that alive and build networks of i just don't engage with any of the bitchiness i think that's like the number (laughs) one thing like i think the thing is don't engage with any of the bitchiness i remember like i was at this party at fashion week i met this guy Mm. and um i won't mention his name but (laughs) Name him. Name him. No, I won't. (laughs) But it was so funny because he was, I was like, oh, hi, it's great to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard about your work. And he was just sort of like, don't you know who I am? And like giving me all this bitchy attitude and was sort of really like not that nice to me. And then um, I just sort of like ignored that and carried on being, I sort of ignore it. Like, I feel like you have to sort of like, I think you just pretend it's not there. Yeah, And I think you kill people with kindness because I think if you're just like that bubbly Labrador, eventually everyone pets the the cute Labrador. It's true. Do you know what I mean? Eventually everyone's like, I can't, it's too cute. I can't be bothered to do this anymore. Or it's too friendly. I'm just like, it's ridiculous. Like if someone's just being really friendly... Mm. I think you break, and a lot of people's iciness isn't because they're a horrible person. It's because they're really shy and it's their insecurity. So I think you just have to sort of ignore it and sort of blast your way through it with kind of good vibes. I love kill it with kindness because I think that strategy then protects you from if anyone is there to basically have a mood hoover or slag someone off, they know they're not going to get that from you. Yeah. Why would they come to you with that vibe? They're more likely to kind of avoid you or leave that. Yeah. So that's kind of a brilliant strategy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of it. And I think you just have to literally sort of be 
Mm. A bit sort of sound of music, Mary Poppins. <laughs> like, you know, just well, like you work for, you know, you know, you've got connections to Lush and we're all like yeah. that there. Yeah, I know. So. And I think that also you find your tribe, like, yeah. you know, like I was talking about Malachi and the residency or, you know, where whoever. Mm. Um, it's like your, you know, other friends, um, you know, my friends that do the glove brand, like Majesty Black. Eventually you just sort of find your your tribe of people who think and feel the way that you do. Yeah. Or, you know, like my amazing friend Morganhild, who at Damsel for our, who like makes his beautiful masks. Eventually, through sort of just being yourself, you find your your tribe of similar people who mm. just also aren't interested in that side of it. Yay. And then you're surrounded by lovely people. Yeah. Just surround yourself with lovely people and <laughs> Also, I think so much uh, of it is misinterpretation. I think people take so much personally. Yeah. And if you really think about how many times you've woken up and intentionally tried to be malicious to someone else, that's like hardly ever, if ever. Yeah, but that's because you're a nice person. I, no, but are, like... Yeah, but I know really, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, when do you wake up and like literally try to be horrible to someone? Today, I'm going to be really horrible to that person. Yeah. That just isn't what you do. Yeah. Like most people don't actually do mm. that. So, but I think a lot of people feel like that because they're just not accounting for how much bullshit that other person is already dealing with. Yeah. I think you're and probably right. And I think right. a lot of it is that. God, I love this philosophy. It's so chill. <laughs> so thank you so much for spending all this time with me. You're very welcome. Um, my final question today i hope yeah. maybe i'll catch up with you i will join you on a trip or i'll come find yes. you somewhere and i'll be yes. like hi i found you in paris and you'll be like what yeah. the hell are you stalker <laughs> i'd love to do it it's yeah great. but what yeah. is your like wildest dream what you know i've my question what's is actually, my wildest dream yeah what's what? next for you where would you like to be where would you like ada zanderton to end up um, all the big questions today hmm. where would i like to I don't know. I know I'm really terrible about thinking about the distant future. I'm <laughs> like very now. bad of it. I'm very now. Like I'm a very here and now person. I think I've over meditated and I'm very like <laughs> so here and now. Shit, don't talk to her. There's a next week. What? <laughs> She's over meditated, dude. She's totally zened out. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, part of that is very bad about thinking about it. But I mean, like, ultimately, there definitely has to be some kind of villa going on. Oh, villa, yes. Yeah, there tick. needs to be a swimming pool. Yes. I have very vague goals. <laughs> very vague goals. Yeah. There needs to be a swimming pool. There needs to be a villa. There needs to be... It needs to be warm. Hmm. Uh, Los Angeles, maybe Portugal, I don't know. I just need to be somewhere where there's lots of sunshine. Yeah. I think you have to reach that point in life as a creative where you can just waft around in a caftan, oh, sort yes. of retelling caftan all of your villa. best stories. Yes, yeah, yes. caftan villa photo albums, best stories ever. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you have to get to that point, like at some point as a creative, and then just invite all the younger creatives rounds to like encourage them and get <laughs> yes. them inspired and like yes. sort of that. I think that that's a very vague goal. Well, Ada's inspiration salons yeah. are happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, exactly. she's eighty. She's still going. She's eighty. She's still. <laughs> going it's a miracle darlings and she's invited yeah. you all to come meditate around the pool like well, i think very much that would be nice i, like, wonder, if, world. I wonder if your future is not mapped <laughs> out because you're actually thriving in your now i mean it's not totally unmapped out it's just i think that but you, where you are i am very i'm a very here and now kind you of person accomplished here and now clearly there's daily joy and i mean there's yeah there's always the 
continuous roller coaster of am I gonna make it this month or not but like you know I think that there's that always exists like Mm. I feel like people have this idea about making it the longer I'm in this industry the more I realize that that doesn't exist it's a myth it's a myth it's a myth and like it was wonderful oh Okay, little bit of name dropping and showing off now. <laughs> just to end Please, on a help high me, note. Help me with some tags on my podcast. So I had the great honour of being an extra in one of the scenes in the Ab Fab movie, which was so fun and what? ridiculous. What? So I'm in there. I'm on screen for about five seconds. It's fantastic. <laughs> it was hilarious. And um, yeah, that was, that was so much fun. Um, and like on set also in the film is Oswald Batang. Yes. Who is lovely. Just off Carnaby Street, our old neighbour. Yes, he's amazing. So he's so lovely. And I was talking to him because there's a lot of hanging around on Mm. set where you just do nothing. And I was like, oh my God, it must be so amazing. You must feel like you've really made it. And he was like, to be honest, even I don't feel like that. He's like, even I feel like that's a myth. He's like, you always have to work for it. Yeah. Like you don't just suddenly make it and put your feet up. You always have to just keep fighting and keep hustling. And you just have to keep hustling and enjoy the journey because it's really the journey that's the enjoyable part. And he's like... You know, he said something that made him feel like, oh, my God, I've actually done all right, was he (laughs) uh, wanted to get tickets for one of his children to a concert that was sold out. And he, like, pulled a few strings and managed to do it. And that made him feel like, (laughs) oh, my God, I'm really, this is what made him. And I was like, I so got that because most of the time it is very much like, I'm going to use the duck metaphor. Please. I know, I know it's such a tired metaphor, but it really is that like making the image of what you do look, you know, representing the image of what you do, but really like all of the, all of the little clockwork and all of the scurrying is like always going for all of the people underneath. And that's why I love, you know, people like RuPaul because they're really so truthful about Mm. that reality. Yeah. I mean, I don't get the duck part of that metaphor, but... You know, the, like, looking perfect on the surface and, like, oh, paddling, paddling underneath. Madly underneath. Yes. And it, I think any six really successful people, unless they're, like, a tech entrepreneur who sold it for a billion dollars and is now literally just sitting at home by the pool... Yeah. <laughs> like, will tell you <laughs> that, as, you know, especially for creatives, um, will tell you that, you know, maintaining that... Um, image of your brand is all about that you yeah know? and that like paddling does not stop but like yeah. you have and you have to enjoy it because if you don't enjoy that then you might as well do something else well ada thank yeah. you so much i hope you keep paddling you know paddling indefinitely. And paddling. i love paddling yeah and you yeah. know evolving and <laughs> just delighting people with i'm your... doing doggy paddle mostly <laughs> noted well, i think the butterfly is just showing off so that's yeah a fine i mean style. that's ridiculous yeah. but thank you so much and i will put some links up so people Yay. can see your pieces thank you and i can come and stalk you on our trip oh my god please that would be great i'd Yay. love that so until yay. next time, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, yay. You're listening to Mira Manga and the Girls on Tour podcast. Thank you, Ada, so much. Like I said, quite possibly the best travel tips ever, including how to pack for an international fashion show. Where else would you get that? I'll hopefully catch up with Ada the next time she jets off. So keep an eye out because she is awesome. 
Next week, Charlotte Howe of Episode 7 returns. She kind of insisted, and we cobbled together a patchy docu-podcast of a girls on tour work trip to Venice. That's going to be super fun. So hopefully it will sound like sense because at the time it was all pretty chaotic. Thank you so much for listening again. Till then, keep hustling and enjoy the journey. And if you're so inclined, I would love it if you wouldn't mind subscribing. Okay, bye. Not a-